We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. Sports Radio 92.9 The Game. It may be the nighttime, but the sports talk doesn't stop. Sports talk radio that's live, local, and not for the faint of heart. Oh, you didn't know? Sometimes angry. Loud noises! Telling it like it is. You insulted him a little bit. You got a little out of order yourself. And pretty much always right. Don't ever argue with the big dog. Big dog is always right. Text or call 404-741-0929 and be part of the show. Well, we're waiting. Live from the Kia Studios, it's time for the John Chuckery Show. Serving you up sports on Sports Radio 92.9 The Game. And welcome into Sports Radio 92.9 The Game. Yes, it is time for the John Chuckery Show. Hanging out with you here in the Kia Studios with you for the full four. Asking to download the Odyssey app. You're not in your car as much, but you want to listen in. Put the Odyssey app on one of your devices today. Take your smartphone, take your Alexa speakers, take the tablet, take the Intellivision, your Coleco, your Game Boy, whatever your device is. Just download it on something to be able to catch us. When you're on the go, social media is at 9 the game on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. And as always, best way to catch us is through my personal Twitter page at JMCH316. Uh, in the words of Jim Ross, we are busier than a fruit merchant here this evening. Let's start with the Atlanta Falcons, who lost last night to the New York Jets in what was kind of a, uh, a strange game. I mean, first half looked all good, and then the second half was a totally different game. Weather was awful. Uh, the broadcast itself was dreadful. And those guys aren't doing Monday night football, right? Didn't they, didn't they sign Joe Buck and Troy Aikman? What, what are they on? Uh, are they just, you know, at the beach for a few weeks? Or <laughs> how's that work? Yeah, I know. They should be getting their reps too, yeah. right? <laughs> I mean, the, Levy and those guys are awful, dreadful. Anyway. So we'll talk more about this coming up here in just a little bit. We're going to break it down coming up at 7.20. Our friend of the show, Tori McElhaney, is going to join us at 7.40. We'll get her, her thoughts about uh, what we saw last night. And, and look, we made some roster cuts today, right? Falcons went from 85 down to 80. I was curious as to whether or not they might go to 78 or 79 to leave a roster spot or two open to be able to start bringing some guys in. But they stayed at 80. And then a week from today, because you got a crazy week this week, right? Game last night, practices with the Jacksonville Jaguars here in Atlanta. Game on Saturday, right? 
and we'll have all the action right here on the home of the Atlanta Falcons, Sports Radio 92.9 The Game. So that's a 1 o'clock pregame with a 3 o'clock kick and a special first-of-the-year edition Wade Ford tailgate show from 11 to 1 on Saturday. We will be in the Smooth Lot, which is on Northside Drive, directly across. It's literally directly across from the entrance to the Home Depot backyard there. Hugh Douglas and myself, we got you for the first couple hours, so we'll be on from 11 to 1, then we'll hand it off to Chris Goforth, my guy Harper LaBelle, and uh, all the coverage for pregame, and then 3 o'clock kick, Wes and Dave will have all of that as the Falcons wrap up their preseason schedule and then get ready for cuts on that Tuesday. And you got to cut from 80 down to 53. So uh, there's a lot going on with this team over this next week. I mean, starting last night and for the next seven, eight days, you've got a flurry of activity. And before you know it, we'll be ready for NFL regular season. It's right around the corner. We got college football on this weekend. We got a brace pennant race going on, right? Now, let me, before I get started and all this other stuff, okay, because I got Day-Day producing here tonight, and I texted all those guys on Saturday, and I was texting Conti, and I was texting Bo Morgan. Did you all get a chance to hear our coverage of Corky Kell on Saturday? All day long, we had the high school games on on here uh, to whatever time at night. Uh, I know they didn't play the really late game. It used to be they'd play games that would spill into Sunday. The game would be off Yeah, so now they got rid of the uh, the fifth game and only did now, the Now, you were part of the first two games, right? Just the first game. I did the oh, first okay. game. okay. All right. Yes. So, so the first uh, – Chris and Harper called the first two, right? Two. They called the first two, correct. I got to say that I was listening to the first game. It was Chris Goforth on, on play-by-play – my guy Harper LaBelle doing color, Day-Day doing sidelines. And I'll give Steven credit, too, back in the studios doing the, the whatever, pre and post and halftime show and yeah, all that. Yeah. I thought the broadcast was fantastic. And I told you guys, I, I was very impressed, and I was texting Conti. I was like, these guys sound fantastic. Thank you. Yes, thank the, you. These thank guys you. all sound fantastic. I thought you guys did a great job. So, uh, look. We're your home of the NFL. We're your home of college football. We're your home of high school football. Mm-hmm. We're your home of high school lacrosse. We're yes. your home <laughs> of collegiate track and field, women's volleyball, res- wrestling. <laughs> well, I mean, we're we're here for everything for it. But no, I, I wanted to give you guys a, a shout out to the wide audience. I thought you all did a great job on Saturday. I was very impressed Thank with the you. broadcast, and I listened to Sam and Chris as well. They weren't you guys, but you know they did pretty well. No, <laughs> listen, Sam and Chris Parker, they did great. They've got the high school football show that they're doing on Fridays, and you're a part of that too, yes, day So either in here or out in the field and everywhere in there. And I thought Steven did a great job, you know, handling all the halftime, pregame, postgame, and all that, keeping me up to date about everything going on. So I thought it was a very successful broadcast all the way around. So congratulations to you guys. Uh, I'll talk to Chris here. We got a show coming up on September 1st, our first college football game time. Right. Uh, that's back. Uh, Randy Mack, me, and Chris. So um, it's the look. I'll I'll say it like this. I'll make it easy for you. It's the best college football show in the Milky Way galaxy, hands down. Yeah, and listen, I I'm gonna go ahead and speak for the planet of Saturn, for Jupiter, for Mercury, for Venus. I'm gonna speak for Uranus. <laughs> um, but anyway, it is the best college football show in the country, bar none. You know, Herbie and all these goofballs on ESPN. That's awful. What we do is the best college football show. That'll get started coming up on September 1st. But we got college foosball this weekend. Right now, we're really just literally getting started with the Atlanta Braves, who, when last we spoke, we haven't spoken since Thursday of last week. 
What happened on Friday for the Atlanta Braves? Somebody get arrested or something like that that I missed? <laughs> oh, oh, okay. I, this is the funny part, and I, I'm going to say. So, you know, on some of these different platforms, with the text line, with different things that I'm involved in, oh, why are you hating on – this was before Friday. Why are you hating on Ozuna? Because he stinks. Well, I've, I've literally sat here for two years and told you that he's profiling like the guy in St. Louis, and that's not good. He's a one-trick pony. Ask me what his batting average is in the month of August. Yeah, what is it? It's, it's buck seventy. Yeah, I was say, it's under two. Yeah, it's buck seventy. Two. He's in a buck seventy in August, and he's not in the lineup again tonight. Ronnie Dansby, Riley, Olson, Darno, Contreras, Harris, Grissom, Robbie Grossman, and we're going to talk to Chris Willis coming up at eight twenty this evening. We'll get his thoughts about where we're at. But he stinks, and and there's and let me tell you, there's not an easy decision to be made. Oh, we'll just DFA him. Okay, what about the $32 million that's owed to him over the next two years? They owe him $9 million more than the Cubs owe Jason Hayward, who are going to DFA Jason Hayward at the end of the season. They're going to keep him around for the rest of this year because he's a good clubhouse guy. They're going to DFA him in the offseason. Do you think Liberty Media and AA want to eat $32 million for two years' worth of contract? No. But let me tell you, you can't trade him. Who wants him at this point? Forget the baseball stuff. He's a two-time loser off the field. He's been arrested twice within the last year. I don't care what the charges were or whatever like that. You know, the, ask me when's the last time I've been arrested. Day-Day, ask me the last time I've been when's arrested. the last time you were arrested? George? 18 years old. Wow. You know how many decades ago that was? <laughs> it's not hard to get arrested if, you're, if your goal is to not get arrested. Are there times I could have been? Yes, but I didn't. He's been arrested twice in the last year. So that and the fact that he can't play, he doesn't. Look, here's, here's the thing about Rousseau. You can't play him in the field. He doesn't steal bases. He doesn't hit for average. Doesn't get on base. Occasionally hits a home run. Doesn't drive in any runs. Doesn't score any runs. Other than that, Mrs. Lincoln, I love the play. They have a really tough decision. And you've got rosters expanding here in a few days, right? A week, I guess, or a week and a couple of days or whatever. You only got a couple more roster spots. And they've got a lot of decisions on their roster, right? RC is coming back. Ozzy's coming back. Soroka. What do you do with Ozuna, right? You got a lot of roster decisions that you're going to have to figure out. And I'm going to go ahead and say this, that, and I asked Chris about this too. You know that, that thing they call Super Bowl hangover and all that kind of stuff, complacency, right, from winning a championship? I'll tell you the number one reason why I am not worried about complacency with the Atlanta Braves. When you watch Spencer Strider and Michael Harris and Vaughn Grissom play, when you see that youthful injection of energy into this team, and that's not supposed to happen on a team trying to repeat to win the World Series. You don't normally see three-star rookies come up and especially two guys who, who didn't – actually, I, did Strider pitch at all in Gwinnett? I'll have to look up his numbers. At least two of those guys didn't play in Gwinnett. I know that. Grissom and Harris came up to, from Mississippi. I don't remember Strider pitch. But two years ago, Spencer Strider was pitching for Clemson, Clemson University. This youthful invigoration that they have gotten from this team is the ultimate B-12 shot. It's the ultimate B-12 shot. And it's why I don't think that I, I'm not worried about complacency or, 
or, you know, resting on your Lord. There's a famous quote from Thurman Thomas. Remember him, the running back from the Buffalo Bills? Yep. He talked about that if they had won that first Super Bowl, remember, that's the one they lose to the Giants, 20 to 19. That's the Scott Norwood kick, right? All that stuff, right? right? Mm-hmm. He's talked about if they had won that Super Bowl, he wasn't convinced that they would have ever gotten back to more Super Bowls because fat cat syndrome. Right, get on the rubber chicken circuit dinner and all that kind of stuff. He says, but because they lost in the way that they lost, they were motivated. Now, they never won one, but they went to four straight Super Bowls, and they were motivated because of not having success. It's easy to do. It happens all the time. So People are talking about that after the Falcons Super Bowl, Super Bowl hangover, right? But I think the youthfulness about this organization and these guys that they have, I don't fear – that there's going to be any kind of fat cat syndrome, any kind of, um, you know, people are talking about that with the University of Georgia. You know, are, are they going to rest on their laurels? And now that they got that monkey off their back of the national championship and blah, 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 complacency. That's all I heard at SEC Media Days. Well, is Georgia going to be complacent? Watch those guys. I was there talking to Kirby Smart and those guys. Those guys aren't complacent. And, and Kirby's message is like Nick Saban's. Hey, you guys haven't won anything. That team last year is the group that won it. There are some of you back from that team, but the guys that weren't, you know, a lot of those guys that helped us win it, they're all in the NFL now. A lot of you guys didn't do anything. You guys haven't won anything. And I think this youthfulness about the Braves as we're watching them play, the god-awful, disgusting, pig slop, flea bag, dirt bag, low life, pawn scum, sludge on the bottom of a barrel organization in the Pittsburgh Pirates. And it's a shame. Pittsburgh is a great sports city. It's a great baseball city. The Pirates, when I was growing up through the 70s and the 80s, and then obviously when they had the run with Bonds and Bonilla and Vance Lake and those guys, they were always one of the best organizations in Major League Baseball. Historically, they're one of the most successful teams in National League history. From the 20s and the 30s and the 40s all the way through you know, until we got past Bonds and Vance Slyke and those guys in the 90s, and they've been nothing since. And, you know, I brought this up to Mike and Carl. You know, they drafted Josh Bell. They drafted Garrett Cole, number one overall, and ain't like they haven't drafted some players that are doing well in Major League Baseball. But if your organization isn't going to pay guys, and that's what it is in baseball, you have to be willing to pay your own talent. And if not, then you're a dirtbag, fleabag, low-life, pawn scum sludge, muck, and mire, all that goop that builds up in your gutters and all the pine needles and pine cones and grass and just muck and, you know, that wet, clumpy grass that just builds up and stinks when it gets in the hot sun and everything after a rainstorm. That's the pirates. That's what the pirates are. Just a a pile of dog crap that has sat out in the sun on the 100-degree sun for three straight hours. And the flies start buzzing and everything else. That's the Pirates. So you go in and kick the crap out of them. You go in and beat the daylights out of them. Your ace is on the mound tonight, and he's an ace. Brother, is he an ace? Max Fried is on the mound. You kick the crap out of the low-life, dirtbag, fleabag Pirates and just keep accumulating wins. And, you know, again, like last night, Mets lost last night. Braves won last night. Hey, too bad the Mets had to play the Yankees. So sad, too bad, so sad for all them. So we'll keep you up to date all night long about Braves baseball and what's going on there. But when we get back, thoughts from the game last night for the Atlanta Falcons as they did lose in the preseason to the 
New York Jets. Chuck in the Key Studios. Sports right now to the game. Odyssey.com app. Selling a little or a lot? Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage, to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is here to help you grow, whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits. Shopify helps you sell everywhere, from their all-in-one e-commerce platform to their in-person POS system. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify has got you covered. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 15% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. And sell more with less effort thanks to Shopify Magic, your AI-powered all-star. Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the U.S. And Shopify is the global force behind Allbirds, Rothy's, and Brooklinen, and millions of other entrepreneurs of every size across 175 countries. Plus, Shopify's award-winning 24-7 help is there to support your success every step of the way. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash odyssey podcast all lowercase go to shopify.com slash odyssey podcast now to grow your business no matter what stage you're in shopify.com slash odyssey podcast we really need new phones t-mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iphone 15s and each line is only 25 dollars a month new iphone 15s it's better over here. only at t-mobile get four iphone 15s on us and four lines for 25 bucks per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month without a pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. Sports Radio 92.9, the game back at it on the John Chuckery Show, live in the Kia Studios, Tuesday night with you. 404-741-0929. That is our Solomon Brothers Diamond text line to be a part of the show. Odyssey app site, Catch on the Go. Social media is at night on the game. I'm at JMCH316 on Twitter. Got Day Day producing the show here this evening. Uh, we will talk to our friend of the show, Tori McElhaney, coming up in about 20 minutes from right now as we look back to uh, what the Falcons did last night. And a 24-16 to loss last night. And, you know, I, I, I thought there was some good. I was frustrated because, uh, you know, for a team that I thought fought, scratched, and clawed to the very end, and I understand the weather stunk last night. You had a lot of your guys that you pulled out early in that game. The fact that you got outscored 21 to nothing in the second half, you couldn't do anything offensively. And it's not like the Falcons, you know, were completely dominant in the first half. But, you know, they were up 16-3 at the half. 
thought they did some good things on offense. I thought both regular quarterbacks, Ritter and Mariota, did some really good things. I thought that throw to Zacchaeus was terrific by Marcus Mariota. I thought Desmond Ritter played himself really well. I was a little bit disappointed in the run game. You know, for a team that I thought ran the ball really well, even without the quarterback runs, you know, they were about 90 yards with their running backs and over four yards at carry. You know, they only got 70 yards out of their running backs last night. Huntley, Algier, Allison, Damian Williams. They didn't get a whole lot of production out of any of their running backs, and they barely were over three yards a carry. And look, we know that there's going to be a shift in offensive philosophy about who they are, what they want to be, what they're going to do, and this, that, and the other, right? They're not going to be a team that's going to be like when we had Matt Ryan and just huck it all over the field, drop back, huck it around, toss it around to all pro caliber wide receivers, right? To the to the Calvin Ridley's, to the Julio Joneses, to the you know Roddy Whites and all those guys and the Harry Douglases and the Tony Gonzalez and all the people that they've had as pass catchers. You've got Pitts and you've got a whole bunch of not really sure. And by the way, that includes Drake London as well. I know everybody thinks that every wide receiver that comes in the league now is 1,500 yards and a dozen touchdowns. Well, not everybody's Jamar Chase. Not everybody's Randy Moss coming into the league and just runs through the league and dominates. You know, even Cooper Cup, who had a, a good first couple of years, it took him a couple of years to really get going. I mean, he had the best season maybe ever by a wide receiver last year, but he wasn't a rookie last year. Took him a couple, three years to get cranked up and going. So I was a little bit disappointed in the running game. I didn't think they really got anything going. They were committed. I mean, they only they had 29 passes, 28 rushes in the game, so they did have commitment to the running game. But I just didn't think they could get a whole lot going out there. I thought the offensive line played pretty decent. I didn't think that they were all that bad. You know, Franks took a couple of sacks, and part of that is just, you know, him and his ability. Look, here's the thing, and, and we're going to ask Tori about this coming up here. I think Felipe Franks is – very much on the border of whether or not he makes the 53. Now, if he doesn't make the 53, he will be a practice squad player because he'll be your emergency quarterback. But I don't know if he's going to make it as a tight end. He didn't get targeted last night, didn't play a whole lot of tight end. And I think the Falcons have a, you know, it's going to be weird on Saturday. You have a quick turnaround from Monday to Saturday. And I wonder if Marcus Mariota is even going to play on Saturday. Right? Do you want to bring him back on short rest and risk any injury? So let's say he doesn't play. Okay, Ritter's got to play a lot then, and he's probably not going to play the whole game, so that means you got Franks in. Well, I don't need to see Franks at quarterback because, honestly, he is no NFL quarterback. You know, when he had a shot, you know, on that drive, and, and that was the other frustrating thing. How do we get downfield to first and goal at the five-yard line and never run the football. How's that possible? I don't care what scrubs we're in or not in. You know, that's where that's where my frustration starts to get in is we get away from what the offensive identity is. First and goal at the five. Line up and go north-south. Don't get tricky. Don't get cute. And, you know, the offensive line, the pre-snap penalties, that's another killer for this team. Guess who was leading the way on all that? Anybody – here, hey, uh, I already know. <laughs> yeah. Hey, Day Day, here, here's what you can do. Okay. 404 741 0929. Okay. Okay. I'm looking for two types of phone calls. Okay. All right. Number one is anybody who wants to argue with me about what Jalen Mayfield is at this point. 
Okay? Okay. Because I, I've been trying to tell you for over a year now, he's the worst interior offensive lineman in the NFL. And I don't think it's that close. So if anybody wants to argue me that point, then I'll take those calls. And also, we'll take apology calls. Because anybody who tried <laughs> to tell me that Jalen Mayfield would do anything in this league, he's going to make the 53 because you need depth and you can't just go out and cut guys and sign a whole bunch of guys. And they drafted him in the third round. They're not going to cut him this year. I think he's got one. I think he's got this year. And if he doesn't start to show some improvement by next year, then he will be cut because they ain't got much invested in him. But he'll make the 53-man roster this year. But the penalties and this, that, and the other, the Lions game where he's flopping on the ground like a fish face first down in the ground, you yeah. can't have that. Yeah, even my 12-year-old pointed out the penalties last night. Yeah, penalties right. were awful. Yeah. Those were drive killers at times. Yeah. When you thought you had some momentum going and you pick up, you know, false start penalty, holding penalty, and this, any other, just kills your drive. You can't do that. You know, and, and I had to laugh last night because the broadcast was dreadful. Like, whatever those guys were. I know, I know everybody thinks that Lewis Riddick is the greatest thing since sliced bread. I don't get any of those guys. The, the one thing that Lewis Riddick said that I 1,000% agree with, and I've been saying this for how many years now, He's like, if you can't get to the quarterback in the NFL, you're done as a defense. You're toast. They actually had the gall. You talk about insulting somebody's intelligence. They had the gall to say, well, you know, if you line up the Jets' skill position players, they could match up with anybody in the league. What? Huh? Line up their skill position players, and they can match up with anybody in the NFL. Huh? Excuse me? Baking powder? How many teams would you take the Jets skill position players over? You 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 want them over Jonathan Taylor and those guys for the Colts? You want them over the Chiefs? You want them over the Browns? You want them over the Raiders? Who who exactly? Yeah, I'll take them over the Texans. I'll take them over maybe the Seattle Seahawks. But how many teams you really – anyway, that's just part of the awfulness out there. Um, defensively, you know, the play where the Falcons got the interception last night, where they created that, that turnover, that started, with the, that started with the pressure on the quarterback. When Tabor was able to get in front of that ball and take it away – that started with our defensive line and the interior part of our line getting pressure on their quarterback. You see what I mean about changing down and distance and forcing guys into bad plays? When you can get pressure on quarterbacks in the NFL, changes everything. And that's what created the turnover. They got pressure on their quarterback. I don't remember which one of their guys it was. Got pressure on their quarterback. I think it was, uh, what's this guy named? Strevler. How about those two vagabonds? I mean, Chris Strevler and Mike White? Like, those guys should be on the Cobb County School Board or something. How many games are you going to win with those two guys? Well, they better hope that um, uh, who's the kid out of, out of BYU that they drafted, Day Day? Who's, who's the kid? Uh, um, oh, my brain went dead. Uh, the, the pick right after Trevor Lawrence for the Jets last year, the quarterback. Oh, the rookie uh, quarterback. Now, now my brain just went dead. But you better hope that that kid has something in him. 
Because those two guys, woof, man, those two guys. Oh, uh, see, uh, uh, well, I'll explain this a little bit later on in the show. I, we did get an apology from somebody, so I appreciate that on the text line. But anyway, um, is it Wilson? That's the kid's name, the, the quarterback out of BYU that they drafted. I think I think that's his name. I think he's the that's the quarterback. I can't remember now. I, my brain just went dead on all that. Yeah, they, Zach. Zach Wilson, yeah. They better hope that kid can play. Because if you've got Mike White and Strevler, like those guys should be starring in like a buddy office comedy or something like that. They're awful. But it was frustrating to not close out in the second half to get a lead because we talk about changing the culture and things like that. But I thought there were plenty of good things to take away out of all of that. You know, Dean Marlowe made some nice plays, but you also saw, too, that he got taken out of a couple of plays. You know, he's got to get himself adjusted on the field. I thought Casey Hayward had a couple of nice plays on balls and stuff like that last night. Tease Tabor obviously had the interception Last night, good to see Troy Anderson on the field. I like the fact that they went to Brian Edwards early in the offensive series last night. I thought he had a really nice catch. I will say, um, you know, Day Day, there used to be a lot of these Matt Ryan haters yeah. that would talk about his noodle arm and all that. Mm-hmm. You understand that Marcus Mariota completely underthrew Kyle Pitts. Yeah, on that, that first. Yeah, that was the first thing that I said. I was like, "Geez, that's a touchdown if he catches that in stride." Well, and the other play too, though was the was it the Frisker catch too? Yeah. That if you'd have thrown that in stride, he'd have picked up a yeah. lot more yards on that play. Instead he had to kind of turn and find the ball mm-hmm. and make a catch and everything like that. Yep. So they're two two of the really big pass plays that they had in that game last night were underthrown balls. But that's okay. Listen, when I try to tell you that all quarterbacks have plays like that, that's fine. Anyway, um I thought Jared Bernhardt played well. And and he's with Auden Tate cut today, and that's one of the cuts that we'll talk about coming up at the top of the hour in the Falcons flyover, I think Bernhardt's got a shot to make the 53. I think worst case for Bernhardt, he's on the practice squad. But I, I think that he's got a shot. Now, Demir Bird may be one of the guys that they that they keep around. Obviously, Hodge, Edwards, Zacchaeus. Um, you know, your tight end position is pretty loaded at this point. But Bernhardt, you know, if he can have one more really good game – against the Jaguars, he might find himself on the 53. Or, again, worst-case scenario is he's on the practice squad. I give him credit. He's played well. And I was joking on Twitter last night. You know, he's the best lacrosse football player we've seen since some guy named Jim Brown. Who, by the way, if you don't know, Jim Brown is in the lacrosse Hall of Fame. Do you know he's in the lacrosse Hall yeah, of Fame? Yeah, I did. Yep, yep, he, sure he's, did. He, some people will tell you he was a better lacrosse player than he was a, yeah. a, a, a collegiate football he, he was – he was an All-American, I think, in track, lacrosse, football, and something yeah. else. I think he played four sports at Syracuse. And I said before, and my dad is – it's my dad's favorite player of all time is Jim Brown. A lot of people tell you that he was the greatest football player that ever put pads on and lined up and did his thing. But anyway, I thought Bernhardt did some really good things last night. I thought Frisker had some nice plays last night. You know, I, I, I didn't think that there was that much negative. You know, things that you have to clean up. All the kind of same things, you know. I'd like to see us sack the quarterback. You know, we got to be better on that. You know, I wanted to get home. You know, I am curious at this point because the center position is the only thing that is left to settle on the offensive line. We know the other four spots, but the center position is not figured up. And they were going to kind of reverse where Dolman played a lot, you know, in game one and Hennessy didn't play a whole lot. They were going to switch that up in game two. And they were going to, you know, have Dolman start and play Hennessy more 
in that game. This is going to go all the way into because both those guys are going to make the squad. They're going to make the 53. But the starter is probably not going to be announced until we get into the game week against the Saints, which is what? I think that's September 11th is when the first game against the Saints is. So you've got a little bit of time. I mean, we're still, you know, a week away before we even, you know, get to the end of uh, August. So they've got time because both those guys will make the squad. But that's going to be a race that is going to go neck and neck. I thought the interior of the defensive line did some good things. You know, I still think that with the cash they have available, I'd still like to see one more good body in there to play with Grady Jarrett, right? Their outside guys have to get home, man. They need Carter and Ebikati and Ogundaje. They need those guys to get home. You know, I mean, it's 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 not it, it's not really as important right now. But, you know, you're going to face every top-flight pass rusher, and I promise you, starting week one and moving all the way forward, they're going to line up those guys and, and, and come right at the Falcons' offensive line, especially on that right tackle side. I know McGarry's played well, and I know he's done some good things, and he's, and he's won that job. But big difference between going against your guys in practice and going against Miles Garrett, T.J. Watt, the Bosa brothers, Khalil Mack, all those guys. Because that's all the guys are going to line up and see. All right, when we come back, Tori McElhaney is going to join us. We'll talk some Falcons football with her. Chuck Reed in the Key Studios. Sports right now to the game, the Odyssey.com app. Sports Radio, 92.9 The Game. It is the John Chuckery Show, live on this Tuesday evening, coming off of, unfortunately, a Falcons loss last night. But fear not, it's only preseason, and we've got one more of these coming up on Saturday. Going to be a busy week for the Falcons. I mean, joint practices, a game on Saturday, cuts next Tuesday. We've got a few cuts here today. And to help us sort it all out, let's head out to the WaitFor.com hotline. Atlanta's Ford dealer. Let's talk to our friend of the show, Tori McElhaney, joining us. She, of course, covers all things Atlanta Falcons at Atlanta Falcons. Dot com And, of course, follow Tori on her Twitter page at Tori underscore McElhaney. And, Tori, as always, thanks for a few minutes with us here uh, tonight, which, you know, wasn't a, uh, a good second half for the Falcons, but I certainly think there were plenty of positives to take away from last night. Yeah, I, I do, too. I'm not overly worried about preseason records. Uh, I know that everybody did watch that second half and hated it, as you should. It wasn't good. But for me personally, I look more at over the course of joint practice and then the game that we saw on Monday night, I'm looking more at individual work and what type of evaluations this coaching staff is getting on the individuals almost more so than what they're getting for the team at large. And that's kind of where I'm at. I think it was really interesting to see how much work we got to see the first team offense and defense get against uh, the Jets number twos. But I think overall, I'm not ready to just, like, burn the whole place down because the second half went the way it did. I mean, I think, like, when you run Felipe Franks out there and this is a guy who has played 80% of his training camp reps at tight end, you get what you get. So I'm probably going to jump all over the place in this interview because I'm kind of like you. I've got all kinds of thoughts going through my head. 
let's start with – I thought the running game took a step backward last night, though. And if you look at the running backs, take away Franks's yards on the ground, running backs barely averaged three yards a carry, only a long of eight. thought they really did some good work in the first game of the preseason. Even the quarterback runs aside, I thought the running backs did well. But I didn't think they did so well. And I know the Jets, you know, have this good defensive front, but those guys didn't play last night. Were the coaches kind of disappointed, even though they kept it, you know, the same kind of very much pass the run balance here in week two? Uh, you know, were they disappointed in the run game as well? I don't think disappointed would, would be the right word. I'm sure they would want more production, but I think when you look at it, it's not. I know we're getting to see, we got to see more of Tyler Algier, and I think. I use Tyler as a good example as to what he did in both the run and pass game. I, I wasn't overly upset that the Falcons were averaging that type of yardage in terms of the run game. But it, I think too, looking at what was a, what was able to happen against Detroit the week before and how many times we saw Marcus and Desmond take off for six or seven yards a chunk uh, when they scrambled, I think you have to take that into consideration. And I think that that was something that I'm not entirely sure Arthur Smith wanted to see from these quarterbacks. I think he wanted to see them stay in the pocket a little bit longer and, and move the ball downfield through the air. So in terms of the the running game and, and the productivity of the running backs, it wasn't a huge deal that we didn't see, I think, the production that we saw from the week before. thought both quarterbacks looked sharp. And, you know, I read some of your comments talking about Felipe Franks. We're going to talk about him in, in just a minute here. But I thought Mariota led some good drives. I thought Desmond Ritter did some good things as well. Um, you know, it was good to see them get a little bit of, of kind of pass-oriented and try to push the ball downfield. It felt like that there was some more of that conscious kind of effort in this game is to try to design some plays to get the ball going downfield further. Yeah, I, I definitely agree with you. I think that we we really did see them staying in there in the pocket a little bit longer. I thought pass pro looked at, pretty good, especially with the first and second team. I, I know you had some procedural penalties and stuff and some holding, which that in and of itself needs to be cleaned up, obviously. Arthur Smith talked a lot about that post game, But for the most part, I thought pass pro held up fairly well. And I think that allowed Desmond Ritter and Marcus Mariota to have the time in the pocket and the, 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 the receiving yards that they did was because of that. And so I think if you're taking something good out of that game, it, it was that even with, you know, the, you were talking about the, the Jets defensive front, even those reserves are, are some pretty good reserves in terms of what you're going to see across the league. So for that reason, I was pleased with what we saw from Marcus and Desmond, of course, talking about the procedural penalties, those have got to be cleaned up. And, and I think talking to Arthur Smith postgame and then Scott Bear talking to Desmond Ritter postgame, they know that. That, that, that. That's not what they want. Arthur Smith doesn't like that at all. He's said as much multiple times. If you saw him on the sidelines, he didn't like it. So there are some things to be cleaned up. But in terms of, I think, just the, the tempo, the timing of the passes, the routes and the conceptions, I think all of that looks pretty good, especially in that first half. Tori McElhaney from AtlantaFalcons.com joining us here on the WadeFord.com hotline as we look back to last night's loss against the New York Jets. Let's talk about that offensive line. Let's start first because my big thing that I think we're trying to figure out at this point is Hennessy or Dahlman starting at center. Do you think anybody did themselves better than the other? 
we saw any kind of separation. I mean, I do understand that this thing is going to go all the way through the preseason and probably into week one of the regular season trying to figure out who's going to be the starter. But did you get any sense of one guy maybe pulling in front of the other from last night? To be honest, no. I know that there was, you know, we talked about those procedural penalties in uh, the second quarter. And last night, Drew Dahlman worked with the first team and Marcus Mariota and Matt Hennessy worked with Desmond Ritter, which is opposite what it was in Detroit. And I, I think that is really, I, I, I feel the need to point that out because I think you're exactly right when you're saying, like, this is a situation, this is a competition that's going to go all the way to week one. I 100% believe that to be true. Every single day of training camp of this preseason, it's Matt Hennessy and Drew Dahman switching off every single day. And so I think this coaching staff, they've said from the get-go that they want a fair evaluation of those two guys working with the first team. However, I don't know. I, I For me personally, it's like they are so neck and neck and so close that I haven't really seen someone – pull away with the job uh now we have a really big week of two joint practices with the jaguars and then of course the game coming up this weekend this is a huge week for those two guys because you do have to make a decision by the time you get to week one you really need to know who that core group of offensive linemen is going to be and the only one that's really up the only spot that's really up for grabs at this point is that center position so this is a big week for drew Dahlman and matt hennessy wasn't really surprised by some of the cuts. I mean, I've talked to some people about, you know, I really like Auden Tate. I like his skill set, but he just wasn't getting a lot of things done in camp in the preseason, just not separating himself. So wasn't really surprised by anything. Do you think that there is going to be a name or two that surprises us a week from now when we get down to the final 53? Or you think we have a pretty clear picture about what this roster is going to be? I think it's fairly clear. There are about five or six names that I, I go back and forth on. But I think the best example is you look at this wide receiver room. And I think from for the last two weeks, I feel like that room in and of itself is kind of where a lot of my 53-man roster questions lie. Because let's say they carry five receivers. You know Drake London, Alameda Zacchaeus, and Brian Edwards are locks, those three. So let's say if they carry five, you have two spots remaining. Who are those two that you carry? Well, I thought, you know, you had you you really kind of had a list of guys that I felt were all kind of right in there. You had Kadero Hodge, Jameer Bird, Frank Darby, uh, Jared Bernhardt is is kind of wiggling his way through through the bottom of that conversation. And then you had Geronimo Allison and Auden Tate, who I also thought particularly Allison was in that conversation. Those two guys, Allison and Tate, got cut today. So now you're looking at this wide receiver group that you have four or five guys who are maybe fighting for two spots. I talk about the competition between Drew Dahman and Matt Hennessy. The wide receiver room and who makes this 53-man cut down is almost just as competitive. Tori, I think the Falcons have a bit of a quandary coming up on Saturday, and, and maybe you can clear this up you know, with all your insider information that you have compared to me, but – you know, you feel like Saturday, ideally, you don't play Mariota. You would start Ritter, but you're not going to ask him to go an entire game. And you, so, meaning that the only other quarterback is Franks, 
But to me, after what we saw out of Felipe Franks last night, to me, he's going to either make this 53-man roster because he is a tight end, but he didn't get any targets last night. And I think you have to play that balancing game of not trying to put him out in a bad situation where he gets clobbered out there then ask him to go play quarterback. It just seems like a little bit of an awkward situation. I guess one is, do we kind of expect Mariota to even play in game three? Is Franks going to make the 53-man roster? And how do you balance out the way your quarterbacks are when one of those guys is your emergency, second or third tight end, whatever? I mean, it just seems like it's a bit of a quandary at the Falcons' face trying to wrap up this preseason Saturday. I couldn't agree with you more. I'm I'm not going to lie to you at all. The whole Felipe Franks narrative, let's use the word narrative. Uh, Arthur Smith probably wouldn't like that, but I'm going to use it anyways. The Felipe Franks narrative, conundrum, whatever you want to call it, is very confusing to me. And I say this because throughout all of training camp, we saw him take, I would say, 80 to 85% of his reps and his snaps at tight end. He was never really in that rotation at quarterback. He would come in sparingly, but it wasn't until we did get closer to the first preseason game that we even saw him take any significant reps at quarterback. And even then, it was kind of just in seven on seven. So that, to me, kind of pointed to like, oh, Felipe is honestly, like if you're talking about like converting, like in my head, he had converted to a tight end and he was just kind of thrown out to play quarterback when Desmond and Marcus needed to rest their arms for a series or whatever. But then you get to the Detroit game and we don't really see him at tight end. We see him play some special teams, but that was kind of it. He doesn't play quarterback. We really didn't see him hardly at all. And so going into the joint practices with the Jets, you saw him take more and more reps at quarterback. And then, of course, we saw him come in and halfway through the third quarter at quarterback and not really have a ton of reps at tight end on Monday night against the Jets either. So I'm really confused because the Felipe Franks that we saw the first two weeks of training camp is not the Felipe Franks that we've seen the last two weeks who's been playing, he's been playing more quarterback. So when it comes to this third preseason game, I would love to see Felipe in that tight end role because he has been doing some good things in training camp at that position. I really don't care to see him at quarterback, especially after what we saw in the second half on Monday night. But you also don't want to overwork Desmond Ritter and Marcus Mariota. So it's so, so I'm, I'm, I'm with you. I don't know kind of what this, third game this third preseason game looks like for the Falcons because so much of it hinges on what you want to see Felipe Franks do because I feel like maybe like I don't know if I put him in the 53-man roster as a quarterback but maybe I put him in the 53-man roster as a tight end just because for what he did in the first two weeks of camp but to be honest I don't know what the heck they're doing with him at this point there's so many questions that I have about what his role is and where they see it fitting in in the 53-man roster, plus what they want to do in the third preseason game against the Jags. I'm very, very confused. <laughs> so, last question, Tori, because I'm with you. I, I, I'll be honest with you. My, my gut tells me he's going to be back on the practice squad when all is said and done, but we'll, we'll, we'll get a clearer picture next week. But with that, one of the things I was curious to see is whether or not the Falcons – would have cut down to 78 or 79 today to get a roster spot or two open because you and I have talked about 
They have some cap space. Um, you know, we're getting to a point where I, I do think they want to add to this roster, either offensive line or defensive line. And yep. I wondered about whether or not they would want to bring somebody in before they get into this final preseason game. What do you kind of think the where we're at as far as bringing in some more guys and, and taking a look at it and adding somebody? Do you think that comes after preseason, after camp, after we get to the 53? Or do you think that it could even be, you know, over the weekend after the preseason game and they get back here and they have to do some last-minute evaluations on some guys? Yeah, so the way that I look at this, uh, and I'll use the defensive line as an example. The defensive line has been just bitten and ridden with the injury bug. Mm -hmm. As we know, there's been a lot of injuries across that defensive line. We literally saw last night Jalen Dalton, who was really also, I felt, fighting for a roster spot. We saw him go in there with the, the ones and the twos and have a rotational role and on along the defensive interior, he gets hurt last night. He's waived this this today, this afternoon. And so for this position group, to me, I think if you're the Falcons, you have your eyes on every single defensive lineman that is going to be cut from another team in the league when we get to the 53-man cut down. I think you have to reinforce the depth across the defensive interior because of what's happened this preseason with the injuries accumulating the way that they have. Now, the, do you do that before you get to the 53-man cut down and you bring in some guys in, or do you wait and do it after so that you have kind of a whole plethora of guys to choose from? I personally think that it's okay to wait until after the, the league cut down on August 30th um, you have a you're a week away. I think you can use this week to evaluate, continue to evaluate the guys that you do have. So guys like an Abdullah Anderson, is he somebody who you think you can keep along that defensive interior to act as a depth piece, or do you wait and you get that? I think you wait, you get that evaluation, and then you see what guys become available after the fifth three-man cut down. Because I think that position group, you have to bring in reinforcements in some way, shape, form, or fashion. And I think the way to do that is to see who falls off the bubble elsewhere. Follow her on Twitter at Tori underscore McElhaney. Of course, she covers Atlanta Falcons for AtlantaFalcons.com. She's at Yankees game. She's at Harry Styles concert. She's a woman <laughs> about town. So, Tori, as always, we appreciate a few minutes from you, and we will chat again here soon. Can't wait. Always looking forward to it. John Chuckery, we'll be back. Sports waiting after the game in the Odyssey.com. We really need new phones. T Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge apply. Ctmobile.com. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? 
Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.